Hello, hello. Hi. And welcome to Xena Made Me Gay. I'm Chris. I'm Alice. And today we're going to be talking about season one, episode 14, A Fistful of Dinars. Clearly a reference to A Fistful of Dollars. We'll see. We'll see whether there are any other parallels um, in the plot. In the times of brick phones, tamagotchis, and curtain bangs, the 90s kids cried out for a badass. She was Xena, the warrior princess. The kicks, the moves, the nostalgia, the queerness. Xena made us gay. Right off the bat, I was so disappointed that it was this episode. Really? Yeah, because like it's not a bad episode, but mm -hmm. when I heard like when I saw the title "A Fistful of Dinars," for some reason my brain made a connection with Autolycus, and I was yes, thinking, right? Yes. I was thinking it's the first episode where Autolycus appears, and that's one of mm. the favorite like all-time favorite episodes I have of the show and I'm like yay I'm so excited like I I even I think postponed our recording which is like I don't I'm not feeling well but I need to be feeling well for my favorite episode oh no oh no <laughs> so like this this was this guys listeners it's not a bad episode it's just not an episode where Atolicus appears and that's disappointing <laughs> Yeah, but what if literally everyone else aside from you knows that this is not the episode where Atalicus appears and so everyone's fine. You're the only one who's not fine. What if what if that's the case? <laughs> I say it happens a lot in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. Okay. Um so right off the bat I have a stupid idea for our love that do you do you want a stupid idea okay um <laughs> when do i not great uh so everyone and by everyone i mean everyone on tiktok has been obsessed with saltburn lately and i saw it recently it, it seemed to me that it has a lot of shocking scenes mm. and then i saw it and i was like <laughs> where are the shocking scenes yeah like it it just really this made me think that it takes so little to shock people on tiktok oh it does They're so easily shocked absolutely like i've heard that people were walking out on poor things what yeah like people can't deal with it yeah i don't know okay but anyway, that made me thinking about sh really, truly shocking scenes. <laughs> mm. And I was thinking, like, to do our rating, like, so that each of us could say, like, I don't know, three or four mm -hmm. scenes that we remember from the show watching it and being like, oh, whoa, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's intense. Yeah, I mean, 
I think you remember the show a lot better than I do, so you would yeah. also have better examples than me. Because <laughs> for for me, <laughs> if you're like <laughs> Hercules turned into a pig, shocker! <laughs> What was itty bitty Chris shocked by? I'm curious. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean. I, I also, I feel like I had a very, um, I feel like I had a childhood that was rich in all kinds of interesting stimuli. Uh, this, yep. this, sounds, that, this sounds very weird. Let me <laughs> make it more specific so that it doesn't sound like, I don't know, I was in a sex cult or something. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I remembered that I was really into like adrenaline uh inducing things from a very young age like like all of the roller coasters that i was tall enough for i would ride yeah, um, and that kind of continued also into movies and and TV. Mm. Like i i enjoyed one of the films that i watched the most as a as a tiny tiny kid was deep blue sea About right <laughs> yes i remember dark eating everyone i was like hell yeah i love that i still <laughs> love that giant sea animals eating everybody that's very satisfying to watch yeah also also deep blue sea is an amazing movie and i i recommend it i rewatched it as as an adult like during the pandemic and i was like oh my god i forgot how good this was um <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, I, and and my my parents didn't. Uh, it didn't occur to my parents that like age restrictions are a thing for basically <laughs> anything. Um, so you know, I I, I watched everything. Uh, so I guess what <laughs> this is a very yeah. long tangent. No, but it, um, but it's same same with me. I think that we both come from the house like it was a mutual house partly but like my parents and your parents both they were like age restrictions no no we we like we we, we don't need to do that like i watched all tarantino movies before i was six i think right yeah 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 so and i don't think it's even that that our parents were like oh should we follow this these age restrictions or not i think it just didn't occur to them that age restrictions no. exist all right thing yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but but all of this is to say that um, I don't think it was easy to shock me with Xena Warrior Princess at that age. Yeah, um, yeah. Therefore, I don't have any good examples uh, for you except for one that I that I see you've noted yourself, mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. one I don't remember watching it as a kid. I only remember watching it as an adult. Uh, at some point, mm -hmm. I, I rewatched a few a few seasons of um, Dina when I was around 20. and I remember that scene from from back then, and that that actually was quite shocking. Um, yeah. The the scene where Gabrielle is essentially raped by a demon ghost yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 when when gabrielle gets her demon baby who she names hope yeah, yeah yeah that's a very jarring scene because we do not see anything like essentially she's just lifted up 
above the altar mm. and like some like evil smoke is around her we do not see any shapes like anything but we can understand what's going on and i i think i when i watched it for the first time i clearly got what's going on mm. just because of her reaction just because how renee o'connor played that mm. and yeah that was a very bold choice i would say for a tv show yeah. of that kind mm-hmm. yeah but it was very effective for sure for sure yeah, and otherwise I, I got nothing, so you, you tell me. <laughs> okay, um, so I think this just, like, you remembered it, I remembered it, this is the top one, and everything mm. else is, like, it's not that shocking, it's just, like, those scenes that you kind of, that stay with you. Mm-hmm. If I had TikTok back in the day, <laughs> that would what I would have put on, on my TikTok account. Um, I think there is an episode like also connected with the Gabrielle's evil baby Hope. She kills Xena's son <laughs> and they have a giant beef because of that. Right. And Gabrielle goes to the Amazons to be all sad and Xena yeah. is just plain angry. And I think uh-huh. Gabrielle goes to like a bathhouse, Amazon's bathhouse, and she's lying there naked and they're like beating her with those, you know, leaves i don't know i know how it's called in russian i don't know how it's called in english <laughs> yeah i i mean so um i i live in i live in berlin right and and <laughs> germany has a very rich uh sauna Bath- culture Bath- culture yeah mm-hmm. i mean i think whenever you say bathhouse i immediately think of gay bathhouses which which are also <laughs> available um in in berlin so uh come visit us um <laughs> But I'm I'm thinking specifically of like uh, vanilla vanilla uh, saunas, <laughs> and uh, some of them do do have those um, like uh, twigs um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that that you uh, kind of spray water around with and and hit yourself with, uh, and they just call them vanyuk. Like they they yeah. don't okay. they don't bother using any kind of a special not special but like. German word for it. Other words, yeah. So like basically, yeah. Like she, she's in that sort of Amazon gay, I would assume, bathhouse. Um, I mean, yes, <laughs> clearly. And Zena comes in, and she's like, kind of like lassos her with a rope, and then she mm. goes on a horse, and Gabrielle is dragged after her on a horse. Oh my god! Yeah. Right? Oh my god! Shocking! Holy (laughs) shit! I forgot that happened. Oh my god! And like, I remember when I was when I was watching it, I clearly remembered something from my history uh, textbook where they're like, that was a form of execution. Like people were executed this way, and I'm like, hmm, interesting choice for their eternal friendship. But like in the end. Everything is fine. Everyone's obviously, alive, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, w- that that we had that even in the episode where we have the um, the court drama. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's the execution method there as well. No? Yeah. Yep. 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 So that's that's a well known thing, and that was pretty shocking to see, mostly because of those two characters and how much they care about yeah. each other and like. Yeah, that was fucking wild. Yeah. Um, and to not name only downers, 
<laughs> I was like, what should, what is like the night, the feel good scene that I remember that could be compared to like everyone going nuts for murder on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, remember there was an episode in season four <laughs> called The Tale of Two Muses, where again, they summon Autolycus to play this um, evil dude that is restricting everything. And he's like, let's restrict dancing. Oh my God, this is literally Footloose. Yes, this, the Footloose episode, yes. Oh my god. No, I, I don't remember <laughs> the Footloose episode. It's a very, first of all, it's a very fun episode. Because of that scene, I kind of rewatched half of it. Uh, instead of rewatching A Fistful of Dinars, I should have been rewatching. <laughs> but it's a great scene at the end where Zena and Gabrielle are dancing and being very happy and like... I don't know. It's it's very when I retell it, it's shit. But when you watch it, it's great. So yeah, we're. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because <laughs> we've just reviewed an episode that was garbage because Gabrielle's retelling of old episodes was bad, um, yep. and yep. now you're retelling all episodes of Xena, and that's garbage. So I guess we all learned something today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so should we do another garbage retelling of an episode? How do you feel? Oh, no, when I do it, it's brilliant. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So Then proceed, please. <laughs> oh, with pleasure. Um, so let's, let's get on with the episode. Uh, we open with an action-packed sequence. We see that there's a guy running away from someone, his face is bloody, but it seems like he's out of luck because he runs into the guy he seems to be running away from. And yeah, I don't know how that happened logistically, but whatever. Um, but whatever, the, the, the guy he, he's been running away from whacks him in the face with a tree log ouch um and the way it's filmed it seems like we are the ones being whacked in the face it's pretty effective like it's it's a very simple camera trick but uh especially since it's just the beginning of the episode and we're kind of you know starting to get in the action we're like <laughs> so um the guy falls obviously, and the baddie with the log is about to kill him, saying that dead men don't need treasure. Mm -hmm. But not so fast. He's tapped on the shoulder by Xena, who punches him in the face. And again, the camera position makes it seem like we are the ones who are punched. <laughs> and <laughs> it's not even a minute in, and we've already been punched twice. The excitement of Xena episodes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so there's a moment of tension as both the the baddie and the guy with the bloodied face are on the ground and then everyone is momentarily distracted by gabrielle coming out of the bushes and the baddie uses that moment to run away yeah i i didn't quite get what happened there 
like, was she supposed to come out of the bushes at that point or not? Because it just seemed like a Renee O'Connor just came out of the bushes, out of character, asking like, guys, when's lunch? And the baddie is like, oh, I'm still in character. I'm going to run away. <laughs> it, it did kind of feel like that. I, I don't know. There, there's nothing about that entrance that said deliberate to me. I no. think I think she just, I don't know. Did she want to check what's happening? Did she not understand what was happening? I, it's, it's unclear. It's, it's just unclear. No, <laughs> it's just she, she just messes things up for some reason. As she does a lot in season one. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, so the injured guy gets kind of all of his strength together in order to tell Xena to go get the pouch because it has the Titan's key. Mm -hmm. um, and Xena tells Gabrielle to look after the injured guy, runs after the baddie, of course, she quickly gets to him, defeats him, gets the pouch, but suddenly the baddie freezes and we realize he's been stabbed by another baddie who snuck up on him from behind. Yeah, there are a lot of baddies in this episode. We're going to try to distinguish them. <laughs> We're uh, going to do our best. Yeah, but I really liked how this scene was executed because uh, when Xena defeats this first baddie who, who who is stabbed and who is no longer relevant to us she does not even waste time on fighting him she just knocks the sword out of his hand and then kicks him in the crotch she's just like it's like just let's get it over with you're not worthy of my attention and time oh <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but the the baddie who stabs the other one um, Xena recognizes him and uh, yeah he must be yet another acquaintance of hers from those villain conventions Xena used to frequent uh, everyone she... in the Republican party of baddies knows each other at least the I mean, weak players yeah yeah <laughs> they they networked a lot <laughs> <laughs> so they chat a little bit and we get some exposition about how this is all about Sumerian treasure and we have four clues for finding it well not we like there are four clues in the world um for finding it and the baddie has two clues already he wants to get the third one from the pouch that Xena's holding she opens the pouch um <laughs> the pouch has a map inside of it she looks at the map for like five seconds and swallows it. <laughs> I mean, talk about photographic memory. Like, if, if you miss any detail, you're fucked. <laughs> okay. Um, so she then turns around and walks away, leaving the baddie frustrated and kind of unable to do anything because he, he was going to get the pouch with the map, but now the map is gone. But then Xena has the contents of the map inside of her brain, so he can't hurt her yeah um, i think i think that that's one of the reasons she did it because we mm. as we know later this baddie is an assassin so like mm -hmm. of course he's no match for xena like in the field but he I, I assume he's good at like sneakily killing people but now he cannot sneakily as kill we'll xena. as we'll see later yeah yeah for sure 
but here, yeah, he's, he's frustrated. And in his frustration, he takes off his hat and he reveals that he has this peroxide bleach blonde hair. It's, I mean, it's cool how advanced ancient Greek hair salons were. And thank the gods of Olympus for that, because now we're going to call this baddie bleached haired baddie, <laughs> bleached baddie. <laughs> that's that's gonna be his nickname for the episode. Bleach yeah. blonde baddie or BBB. <laughs> what? Hi, what are, you, what are you doing tonight? Well, I'd like a BBB, please. Where are you? What establishment is this? A hair salon? A bathhouse? <laughs> <laughs> so we come back to Gabrielle and we see her covering the face of the injured guy who as we understand, has, has died. So Xena and the, and the bleach blonde baddie <laughs> come along and discuss their plans to get the fourth and last clue. Xena offers to be the one who gets it because she knows the guy who has it better than mm -hmm. the, the, the baddie. Okay, so Xena reveals to Gabrielle that she knew the, the guy who was injured and, and that died, and actually that they were friends. And that they were the only two who knew that the Sumerian treasure includes the Titan key. So it's not just some silly old treasure. It's it's treasure plus the Titan key, which can. This is very complicated. Uh, we're we're sorry, but like this is the plot. The the treasure <laughs> has the Titan key, which can lead to Ambrosia, which is the foot of the gods. And the catch is, if a mortal eats it, they become a god themselves. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, so this is the first time that Abroja is mentioned in the show, but it's going to be... But not the last time. No, no, it's going to be a huge deal throughout. Like, I, speaking of things that me as a young viewer cared about, <laughs> I was fucking obsessed with ambrosia <laughs> i i don't know why but it just it blew my mind and i wanted it real bad i even once like tried eating flowers that kind of looked like ambrosia in the oh, hopes wow. of i don't know what i thought would happen but i was like oh this is kind of like the real thing Chomp, chomp, chomp. <laughs> I, I'm curious what flower it was because for me, ambrosia just looks like jello. It, yes, it, it does. But <laughs> when you're six, you're really Aww. willing to think creatively. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I went a bit uh, out of the box there. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder how tasty actually was. Like, I, I assume that it is jello, like, because, yeah. like, here we're just kind of like abstractly talking about it. But as mm -hmm. if someone needed to eat ambrosia, wink, wink, that might happen <laughs> in some of the later episodes. Um, yeah, that would, that would be jello, because I remember mm. Emilia Clark talking about the fact that like there's a scene where she needs to eat uh, a horse's heart a horse's remember? heart yeah and it was like rubbery and it, and it was a gummy gummy bear material yeah so it was, like, a gummy bear material with, with a lot of like 
red sauce that like uh-huh, uh-huh. was blood and she said that she legitimately like was almost sick by the end of it because no! like imagine like eating this big blob of a gummy bear <laughs> Ooh. yeah, yeah. Well. but on screen ambrosia at least looks very appetizing i, I agree it, it looks fantastic yeah so the, the last thing that, that happens in that scene is that Xena takes the blanket off of the dead guy's face. She looks at him. She says goodbye. So clearly they were pretty good friends. She, she mm-hmm. cared about him. Um, after the intro, the, we see that Gabrielle and Xena are, are walking together. And Gabrielle asks Xena about the guy who has the fourth clue, Petrocles. Mm-hmm. And Xena reveals that he's a warlord who she almost married. Dun, dun, dun. This one is a real dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, Gabrielle agrees. She she's pretty stunned. As are we. Like we know that Xena had her fair share of shitty men she dated at some point. And this one, spoiler alert, is one of the douchiest ones in my opinion. <laughs> interesting. It's interesting that you that you say that especially given his uh, character arc in this episode. Okay, yeah, let's let's get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, we then see Petrocles mm-hmm. and we see him give a villain speech to some villagers. He's been terrorizing when Zena and Gabrielle knock out the guards outside the tent and just walk in. Gabrielle very sweetly advises the beat-up guards to use a cold compress so that they don't get swelling afterwards. Aww. Aww. She, I assume she says that a lot. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we can immediately see that Petrocles has some personality, which, you know, makes him a lot more fun as a character. I, I can see your face making faces, <laughs> and we'll get to that. Um because, I don't know, it, it's really hard for me to imagine Xena being engaged to some random dude. So, Petrocles being more of a fun character. Not like funny, but, mm-hmm. you know, kind of with a with a bit of a... Yeah, with, with a bit more to offer than just standing there, which, you know... <laughs> a lot of the love interests of, of Xena and Gabrielle are kind of giving just standing there that's true that's true um it just it makes it a little bit easier for me to picture them together i get all that mm. but on the other hand mm. for some reason something mm. about this character irks me because yeah. his personality is very much like this douche of the 90s that in the 90s was considered to be charming because he's mm-hmm. such a baddie and he like he's like emotionally unavailable <laughs> and like now i think the world knows better and i know better because i'm older because i used to be in love with those kind of dudes like yeah. on on screen on screen not not in real life thank god mm-hmm. <laughs> now i just want to roll my eyes at him like every time i see him on screen he's like this hank moody insufferable type who's hank moody Californication. Oh no, I've I've seen I've seen this a couple of seasons. Oh, cool, cool. Like it's okay. he's he's basically that. Like 
Oh no! Californication for the first time. I was like, oh, like Hank is like so so cool and complicated. When I rewatched it at some point, I'm like, <laughs> um, he's just an asshole that is not worth anyone's time. And mm. I and I feel the same way about this dude. Okay, okay, well, fair enough. So uh, Zena shows the Sumerian coin from her dead friend's pouch to Petrocles, telling him that the friend is dead. Mm-hmm. And Petrocles says that it's too bad, uh, since he also thought that that guy was a good man. Um, so I'm intrigued by this dead guy. Like it, it, it seems like he was enough of a baddie for Petrocles to like him, but enough of a good dude that Xena still cared about him. That it, it's, it must be like an interesting combo. I, I feel bad we'd never got to know him. It's true because in the series, like if you're bad, basically you just have to like walk around telling everyone that you're bad. But it's it's really funny how as soon as the Sumerian treasure is brought up. Petrocles clearly stops caring about anything else but the treasure. <laughs> so the poor villagers kind of plead for their cattle and horses to be given back to them. And Petrocles <laughs> like waves them away, like, whatever, yes, sure, you, you, can, you can keep them, whatever, whatever. And like Zena encourages him to do it, but uh, yeah, he, he lets them keep the cattle and the horses just because he's like, I don't care about you anymore, let me just do my thing. yeah uh here i must say that like i don't like the character but i do like the actor who's playing him Mm. he he does a good job he has this obsessive twinkle in his eye that like it's interesting especially for this like conventionally good looking dude they don't usually uh play it like that so that i liked and like yeah with the villagers it was very funny how they were like oh we really need our cattle and he's like Okay, okay, you can have your cattle. Oh, yeah, but we cannot wield our cattle without horses. Okay, you can have horses. And at some point, I just thought that, like, they're, oh, and also we need your pants. And he's like, okay, you can have my pants. Like, whatever, <laughs> just leave. <laughs> Aww. Suddenly, the villagers turn into the Terminator. <laughs> we also need your motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Anything is possible. Yeah, but it's it's a good point. I, I don't know. I feel like for me, it was hard to separate the character from the actor, but I, I'm willing to admit that maybe the what makes the what, what makes Petrocles fun is to a very significant extent, the actor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's very fair. Um. So in the next scene, we see Gabrielle and Petrocles walking together. And Gabrielle keeps looking at him. Mm-hmm. So Petrocles asks her why. And she tells him that Zena warned her to never turn her back to him. And, and Petrocles is like, ooh, she really hates me, doesn't she? And Gabrielle is like, hate is a pretty strong word. But it might be the right one. <laughs> Miss 90s style screenwriting so much. It's, it's just, so cringe that it's good. <laughs> I just love it. It's oh. <clears throat> um so Patrick then sneakily tries to ask Gabrielle about the clue that Zena got from her friend. 
But Gabrielle immediately tells him that she's not gonna fall for his sweet talk. And Patroclus is then like, but I'm the king of sweet talk. And Gabrielle is like, well, you've just met your match. <laughs> so they then brag to each other about all of the shit they talked themselves into getting and Gabrielle talked her parents into giving her a pony and Patroclus talked a warlord into giving him an army and Gabrielle talked a cyclops out of eating her and Patroclus talked Xena into marrying him and Gabrielle has nothing to answer to that one and she clearly is still quite unsure about what to do with that information like it, it disturbs her for some reason um but at that point, Zena calls Gabrielle and um, asks her not to talk to Patrocles. Um, mm-hmm. And Gabrielle, understandingly, finds that quite patronizing and is clearly offended that Zena doesn't seem to view her as a trustworthy adult. Yeah, well, fair enough. I think when they part ways with Patrocles, um, she says to him like something like, you can keep your crown after, <laughs> after she says that he talked Xena into marrying him, which is like, yeah, it's, it's really impressive. Um, I'm on the fence here. Like I, I understand what they're trying to do again, this back and forth between Gabrielle and Patrocles. It's a very classic nineties rom-com. It seems like, Oh, and I'm good at this and I'm good at that. And then like the guy kind of like does something and the girl's like, Oh my God, you're so sexy. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I I see where they're going with this. For me, it's laid a little too thick, but mm. I I can accept that. I I like the Zena Gabby dynam- dynamic here again. Okay, okay. Um, so the three reach the bleach blonde baddie, <laughs> who's clearly disappointed to see Patrocles. There is no love lost between the two. No, yeah, and like. For a while, they argue who should get what part of the treasure. Like, the bleached baddie says, like, oh, I have two clues. Maybe I should get half of the treasure. So, like, they're kind of, like, dividing it between the three of them. And then Gabrielle rightfully says, like, well, there are four of us. And the bleached baddie immediately threatens to kill her. And he's like, well, we can rectify that. But, of course, Xena, once again, protects Gabrielle by tearing out the bleached baddie's beard hair question mark she does something to his beard that seems very painful but it was very satisfying to watch yeah yeah i think she she tears out a a bit of it ouch ouch (laughs) yeah so the the group then notices a bunch of people approaching them and the bleach blonde baddie says that those are his former employers so um as you said he's he's an assassin and very corporate again as 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 we do in the (laughs) republican party of baddies yes exactly (laughs) so one of them confronts the baddie about the assassination has been tasked with and never um carried out and then they threaten him and the baddie says that it's not a good idea to threaten him since he's the one with tricks up his sleeve. And then he literally reveals a contraption under his sleeve 
that shoots out a small dagger into the guy who's ordered the assassination. And so he kills him. And the rest of the ex-employer group freaks out and runs away. And um, at that point, for some reason, the bleach blonde baddie reveals that he himself is Sumerian. I don't know. For some reason, it sounded like there were no more Sumerians around at that time from the way that other characters were talking about them. I don't know. It's unclear. It's unclear. We understand why it's done, like in terms of mm. plot device. But also, mm. I kind of like that. I would like to know where the quote unquote foreigners are from in Dina Warrior Princess universe. Like, we know a lot of Greeks and we know some Romans, but I, I feel like it would be cool if we knew, like, I don't know, is Salmonius from around here? I, he might be foreign. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Unclear. Mm -hmm. So um, the group then reaches a spooky place with a bunch of skeletons on display um, just somewhere outside. And Xena tells everyone to be on guard since the locals don't take prisoners. And she even like says the name of, of, the, of the people that live there. But I, I tried Googling it and it seems like they literally just made that up. Made it up, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So as they're walking through the forest, they hear someone play the drums, and then they're suddenly showered with arrows um, that conveniently don't hit anyone, and then they run until until they reach this classic, absolute <laughs> classic of the genre, a shaky wooden bridge. Yay! Yeah. So Xena <laughs> tells Patrocles to secure the other side, which turns out to mean um, get to the other side and look around for three seconds. Yeah, it was like, it, it was great because he went there, he looked around and he says, clear. And as he says clear, like three arrows fly around. Like, clear <laughs> of what? Why is it clear? <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh well. So uh, Zena tells people to walk over the bridge one at a time. And of course, the bleach blonde baddie really wants to be the next one to go, but it's Gabrielle's turn. She starts walking alone, but then he follows her, straining the ropes that are holding the bridge together. And of course, the bridge snaps uh, in the middle. And so Gabrielle and the baddie managed to hold on to the to the wooden planks. Um, mm -hmm. But now they have to climb up. And the baddie manages to do it, but Gabrielle is clearly about to fall. She can barely keep holding on. So, Xena <laughs> jumps like 20 meters into like not up forward mm. um all the way across to gabrielle uh grabs the the bridge uh, like hanging down from from the other side and, and helps gabrielle climb up i mean zina can do anything at this point yeah no, clearly <laughs> nothing 
nothing should surprise us. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's still fun to see. Um, I also love this scene because yeah, this shaky bridge is such a staple that I imagine oh, yeah. that like in every location where a shaky bridge is supposed to be, I wonder how many shaky bridges they go through a year because every time <laughs> a group of explorers comes through, it has to snap. So then they have to build another shaky bridge. That's a great point. Um, I guess that's that's how it goes. That's the biz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, bridge builders are always employed. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that evening, we we see the group, and um, Gabrielle tells Zena that she's afraid of the bleach blonde baddie. But Zena tells her that she's actually more worried about Petrocles because the baddie is direct. Like, you know what you're getting with him. But Petrocles is sneaky. He gets your trust and then you're in trouble. So that being said, Zena walks to the baddie to tell him that she won't forget that he almost got Gabrielle killed. Yeah, this actor actually enjoyed too because he does a great mm. job with playing this ratty nut job. Because like to that, to Zena tells him like, yeah, I won't forget that you almost killed my friend, and he's like, well, what a big the it's not a big deal. She's worthless. She doesn't even have any clues. Like he looks a little bit like a child when he's saying that, mm. uh, and he really seems like he's very much in his own world and like it's a very solid and well-rounded character up until one point at the end which i'll i'll talk about later okay okay um but yeah and and, and he's clearly quite perceptive because mm -hmm. he notes that it's clear that xena is not particularly interested in the treasure like mm -hmm. he doesn't see that fire of greed in her um and uh he's like trying to figure out what her what her deal is yeah he's like i'm curious and zina is like well i guess you would have to stay curious won't you <laughs> <laughs> um zina then notices that gabrielle has gone off somewhere and obviously she has gone off to see petrocles yeah and then when we see Petrocles, like through gabrielle's eyes when we follow her uh he's obviously sexily chopping up wood <laughs> in the forest like what else could he be doing i'm surprised that he has his shirt on and he does not sport an ancient greek version of kelvin klein underwear that's his role in this episode yeah <laughs> Aww. um so Gabrielle walks up to Petrocles and asks him to tell her about what's happened between him and Zena. So clearly, it, it, it just keeps occupying her mind. Mm -hmm. So he says that they met when they were very young and they confused possession with passion. So Petrocles asked Zena to marry him because that was the way to own her. Zena said yes. And then he realized that once he had her, he didn't want her anymore. 
Gabrielle notes that it sounds cruel and empty. And Petrocles answers that Gabrielle is clearly very smart oh. and beautiful <laughs> and kisses her. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Gabrielle goes along with it for a moment and then sort of wakes up and walks away. And she sits next to Xena and it's immediately pretty clear to Xena that something's going on. Yeah, it was such a dick move from Gabrielle's side, I would say. Like, hmm. no matter what's going on between her and Xena, like, I would say at this point, it's pretty pronounced that the love story is kind of like starting. But even hmm. if we put that aside, like, your friend, your best friend tells you, like, oh, I had a thing with this dude. And, like, you're like, oh yeah, I can casually kiss him in the bushes. I don't know. It seems like a <laughs> seems like a dick move. <clears throat> and yeah, like again, it it irks me how like it, it irks me for the right reasons. I mean, like the the screenwriters did a very good job making a parody of that dynamic where like Gabriel is like, oh, it must have been so empty for you, your poor thing. And he's, like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, you're so smart and so perceptive. Like, oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. But Gabrielle is really very young here, so I guess that's why she's falling for all that. Yeah, and, and generally it seems like she tends to fall into this passivity a lot when when there's a man that's expecting something mm. romantic of her and she's like oh yes i guess i um i'm supposed to do this now cool 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 mm -hmm. and then she just does it. it it does it seems like yeah she like a part of her almost shuts off and she's like mm -hmm. oh yes let's go through the motions that's that's the thing that people do, right? That's that's how it's supposed to go. Yeah, I, I think you're right here. Like I I'm starting to see the scene in a little bit of a different light here because she does like she kind of answers the kiss, but she more goes along with it than than really answers it, and she has a little bit of that detached look on her face, and the similar look she had in this episode with Troy when her fiance tried to kiss her right yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good point um which is interesting because i don't think renee o'connor knew about the subtext at that point mm -mm. uh mm -hmm. so it, it must have it must have somehow just felt right to to play the character that way interesting yeah yeah well i mean a lot of it is our perception but at this point, it doesn't matter. Like, if it works, it no. works. Yeah. So that night, as everyone is sleeping, Xena threatens Petrocles and tells him not to mess with her friend. So Petrocles observes that it seems like Xena is jealous. <laughs> of course, he's making the wrong assumption about who he's, she's jealous of. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is really cute. Mm -hmm. So, Petrocles asks whether Xena remembers their wedding bracelets. 
And Zena's like, yeah, I threw mine into the fire as I do with all trash. <laughs> and Patroclus is like, yeah, I traded mine with an arms dealer for weapons. And Zena walks away. And we see that the bleach blonde baddie was actually only pretending to sleep and he heard the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, they're doing a good job of like painting the painting painting Patrocles as this nineties dreamy baddie biker <laughs> type. Um I mean it to me it seems that he's not that irresistible, but I guess that that's kind of like the reality that is built in this world, and we we have to believe it. But also, everyone is resistible to you. You're fucking demisexual. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I don't know. You, you tell me, <laughs> is he irresistible? He's not, right? I mean, I, I, we're all on the spectrum of resistibility. Uh -huh. I would say he's above average. Above it. Okay. Okay. Noted. I really do not have expertise in this matter. No, that's why. That's why. That's why I'm on this podcast. <laughs> oh, and that is the only reason, folks. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> so the the group reaches the temple of Demeter, and there is a jewel that they need to retrieve from it, like steal from it, I guess. Retrieve. Um, borrow. Borrow. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so Xena and Patrocles are supposed to create a distraction, um, I guess, while Gabrielle and the baddie go in pretending to be Demeter worshippers from Nonamia. Nonamia, okay. I see what they did there. I see what yep, they did yep, there. Yep. Um, yeah, I love how Gabby is such a theater kid in this season. So every time she gets to act something out or to like just say something with a stage presence, she goes for it with such enthusiasm. <laughs> you can see there that she's like, yeah, like I'm going to give it my best performance as always. <laughs> and a performance that is. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so we see the interior of the of the temple and i gotta give the show decorators credit because the statue of demeter is colorful and tacky like the ancient greek statues were not you know white and classy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> the only thing is that it, it doesn't particularly look greek either i would say but whatever yeah it's kind of like a mix of cultures in this episode yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Xena and Petrocles throw some spears at the temple, and uh, the baddie uses this moment of chaos to retrieve the jewel. Um, the statue uh, is holding it, so he retrieves it from the statue. But he accidentally tips over the statue, <laughs> and the head breaks off. Oops. <laughs> yep. Um, and of course, that's when the temple guards and the head priest run back in and they see what's happened so the head priest is about to tell gabrielle and the baddie all about how they will be tortured and executed but Zena and petrocles sneak up on the guards and knock them out so the group grabs the jewel and runs away they then reach their destination 
which is three giant heads, kind of like Moai-ish. That's mm -hmm. kind of what they're giving. And um, now everyone tells each other the clues they have. Yeah, and they're really hesitant because they're like, no, you go first, you go first. And she's like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to let anyone kill anyone. Just play nice, children, and say your clues. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the clues are the teacher's student. That's, that's clue one. And mm -hmm. clue two is, is not incorrect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Zena, who's clearly done escape rooms before. <laughs> it's so much, it's 100% what it is. <laughs> um, she, she figures out that the teacher's student is a pupil Mm -hmm. And is not incorrect is right. Ta-da! Yay! Um, she also says that her clue indicated that it's neither east nor west, so it must be the middle giant head. So they place the jewel into the pupil and wait for the sunrise. And so as the sunrise comes and the sun hits the eye, it... <laughs> <laughs> laser beams the way to the treasure <laughs> and uh, everyone runs along the beam and reaches a cave blocked by a bunch of rocks yeah and the bleached baddie has such a sweet meltdown at this point he like sits down and almost starts crying he's like it's a rock the treasure is a rock it's a rock and Zina's like calm down girl we can just move it <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. So they, they do being, move them. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just like I'm saying, like Zina is being a mommy to 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 everyone in this <laughs> camp. Yeah, for sure. So they do move the rocks, and they come in, and the laser beam points to a statue um, with a ring kind of attached to it. Sort of like the one you would have on an old school house door, you know, the, the ring that you need to knock onto the door. Um, and Zena tells Petrocles not to pull the ring. So, of course, he immediately pulls the ring and everyone falls through the floor. But that's actually a good thing because they literally fall into the room with all of the treasure. Uh, so... Thanks, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so the bleach blonde baddie finds a, a giant key and he reads the Sumerian inscription on it. Because he's Sumerian. Because he's Sumerian. Um, and he realizes that it's, it's the Titan's key and that will lead him to Ambrosia. So he's like, holy shit! And he grabs Gabrielle and runs. Aww. It seems like the fact that Ambrosia is somewhere locked away and you need a Titan's key to open it is just common knowledge. It's what they teach in ancient Greece in schools. It's what they teach young Sumerians, I guess. But yeah, I kind of like enjoyed how this character behave was behaving like Jonathan in the mummy treasure den or like Abu in the Cave of Wonders. He was just like going around like putting all the jewels on him like wearing necklaces and stuff like 
I I love characters that behave like that. He kind of like was starting to become my favorite character of the episode at this point, and then he kind of disappointed me. Not him, not him. The screen writes. He he's great. The screen writes disappointed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aww. Um. I mean, now that you say it, I I'm wondering mm-hmm. how many giant keys hidden in treasure dens are there that are not titan's keys i mean whenever you find a giant key in a treasure den it's clear that it's for something better than the treasure i would say that yeah yeah i feel like i don't know it's just i i I, i'm not sure i'm on board with this titan's key plot point generally like it seems like (laughs) they have a bit of a like a macguffin on a macguffin in a macguffin that opens another macguffin that's true but also they're kind of referencing a certain genre those like indiana jones adventures that are completely that they're they're, true right so (laughs) we cannot fault them for that fine fine (laughs) fine fine so um for some reason, it, it's not explained at all, but for some reason, Xena and Petrocles aren't able to follow the Bleach Bomb Baddie immediately. Um, so they have to find another way to get to him. And Xena leads them to the Hall of Silence. Mm-hmm. And they have to walk through it, well, silently, <laughs> or something bad will happen. And the first thing that Petrocles does in the Hall of Silence is speak. And then he steps on a skull. So they have to run. Yeah, wits clearly aren't part of his seduction technique. No, but they are. Come on. I don't know. He just doesn't understand what being silent means. (laughs) He hasn't gone to school. He's only gone to baddie conventions. (laughs) You know, they teach you how to catch the arrow with your bare hands, but not... Preferably without a shirt on. (laughs) Yes. That he attended. But not fancy words like silence. (laughs) So meanwhile, the bleach blonde baddie is telling Gabrielle about how he will kill her if Xena tries to stop him, and how the first thing he would do as a god would be to unleash a giant plague. Yeah, so this is this is the part where I'm a little disappointed by the screen. It's like, why? Nothing about this guy before told us that he's like this angry dude who just wants to destroy the world and unleash the plague. It just seems that like it's this lazy writing, so we have to like so that the stakes would be higher, we have to explain why it's bad that this dude would become a god. Because, like, before he was just, like, a dude driven by very understandable stuff. He likes money. He's, like, this practical guy. It just doesn't seem that the first thing he would do is the leash a giant plague. Unless the giant plague means that he will somehow would be the richest god of all gods. I don't know. It just seemed like a like lazy writing to me you're kind of describing what my issue with the ending of Saltburn was (laughs) (laughs) 
Aww. <laughs> I feel like with minimal changes, <laughs> you could be like, yeah. But why? <laughs> <laughs> Seems I, like lazy writing. It's 100% lazy writing. And I yeah. so want to discuss it, like, off off camera. Write <laughs> yeah, to we, us. We, we shall. We shall. Write to us if you want to see a bonus episode of us <laughs> dissing Saltburn. <laughs> Oh no! No, there are, there were things that I liked. No, but that, me too, me too. But just okay. yeah. Mm. Anyway, back to back to Zena. <laughs> <laughs> so in the end, everyone reaches the Ambrosia at the same time. Mm-hmm. So Petrocles pretends to want to join the bleach blonde baddie in becoming gods. But he actually uses that to get close to him and free Gabrielle. So he does that, but the baddie stabs him several times. Xena fights the baddie, and it's an unusually difficult fight. And also, this fight features quite a few unnecessary jumps from Xena. Like, sometimes it's clearly faster and easier to just run for a couple of meters, but she chooses to just somersault in the air because she can, I guess. I mean, yeah. Yeah. hell, I probably would too. <laughs> um, in the end, Zena manages to set off the baddie's sleeve dagger to fire into his own chest. Yeah. And he, she kills him that way. He, he lives for like 10 seconds after that, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So... Petrocles is bleeding out. He's about to die. He tells Zena that he's sorry for hurting her. He gives her an, yet another pouch and dies. Zena opens the pouch to discover that it contains his wedding bracelet. And it's a surprisingly sweet moment, I thought. I don't know. I think for the no? first time in forever. Wow! I'm skeptical and and you're not, which is a, a nice surprise in contrast. Wow. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I I was not moved by that. Also, I as I felt that there needed to be one scene why the bleached baddie is angry at the world and why does he want to unleash the plague, there needed to be one scene to kind of like at least hint that Petrocles is is like prepared to make this big self-sacrifice move. Mm. Like it it was a little out of nowhere and random to me. Like he was like a charming douchebag and nothing about him said that he's capable of that. But I guess they did not have enough screen time. Yeah, yeah, maybe no, it's, it's fair, it's fair. So, um Zena takes the ambrosia and she throws it into um, a weird flaming pond. <laughs> and that does not destroy Ambrosia. It's how one gives Ambrosia back to the gods. I don't know how this works, but okay. We just have to accept it. Yeah, as I was re-watching it, I was like, are they gonna resurrect this guy with ambrosia? Because later on, we're going to resurrect people with ambrosia. That's like one, mm. one of the one of the things. And I'm like, is it going to be that? But no, thank God they didn't go there. At that point, they did not think 
of the fact that Ambrosia can resurrect people is going to be um, <laughs> later uh, in the oh, later and also Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, like, giving it back to the gods really sounds funny, knowing that the gods are also characters, and they're like, Ares, stop leaving your pudding all over the place. <laughs> Just, like, take it back. Clean up your room. Oh, <laughs> Zena is the mummy not only to the to the human characters, but to the gods as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, um, it's the new year, mm -hmm. and now that it's twenty twenty four, it's time to you know introduce introduce something new and so starting this episode we're gonna have a new section at the end of each episode we're gonna decide what the gayest moment of the episode was yay love that love that so what's the gayest moment of episode 14 a fistful of dinars for me xena protecting gabrielle and kind of being jealous at the same time. Xena coming to talk to Petrocles in terms of like, hey, you keep your hands off my girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think that that's my answer as well. I think for me it's more Gabrielle being inexplicably obsessed with the fact that Zena used to be engaged mm. to this random dude mm -hmm. and like that's all she can think about um and it seems like she doesn't really know why um yeah, yeah. but yeah that that's pretty gay <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so how many chakrams out of 10 would you give this episode mm, it's a solid episode for most for most part i was tossing and turning between seven and eight mm. i would say still seven not because it was bad just because like i am not a huge fan of indiana jones and like those sort of let's go in a cave and find treasure things so that's why it's a seven for me but but it's a it's a good episode yeah yeah um as a huge fan of escape rooms, Aww. <laughs> I give this one an eight. Aww. And also, it, it seems like I I enjoyed the I enjoyed Petrocles a little bit more than you, which you know, kind of pushed it a bit over the edge for me. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Uh, so this was our review of season one, episode fourteen. And we will see you soon to talk, see you soon, talk to you soon, I guess. Um, <laughs> we'll talk to you soon um, about season one, episode 15, which is called Warrior dot 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 princess. <laughs> Whatever could they mean? We'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't stay tuned right now because probably your app is just going to autoplay whatever other podcast you subscribe to. But when we say stay tuned, we say in two weeks, there'll be a new episode. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> we'll, we'll really try. 
Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Oh wait, we we need to we need to tell people that we have an Instagram because we we haven't uh, been telling people that we have an Instagram. Do that now. Yes, and while you're waiting for the next episode, why not check out our Instagram? It's a very easy name to remember. At Zena made me gay. Nobody else, nobody else has it. <laughs> so give us a follow, comment. You can message us. Like we, we really are curious about what our listeners think and feel. Uh, not like generally in life. If if you've had a bad day, don't don't write to us about that. Um, but when it comes to <laughs> your reactions to our episodes, we are we're hungry for feedback. So yes. so do write in. All right. Until soon. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>